it is time. The basketballers top 10 NBA players of all time. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketballers. The time is here. The end is near. It's time to play. Actually, we're going to do our top 10 today. That kind of rhymed. It kind of rhymed. We have, we have thought about this. We've revised it numerous times. It is definitely a living document. We've talked ad nauseum just off record over the years about this. This is kind of a, a labor of love. Yeah, we've been planning this specific episode for we've we I think we laid the framework uh, honestly maybe when we started the pod about almost a year ago. But we've been talking about it before then. Absolutely. Yeah, we like doing kind of a an incremental top ten. We kind of like our top ten list. Some people hate top ten. They're like, why rank? We is we kind of like doing. We like those. it. We like top ten lists. Is Giannis a top ten player exactly. in the league? Is Jimmy Butler a top ten player in the league? Did he? You know, stuff like that. But I feel so, like for Paul and I, I guess I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like where we, I think part of the reason we like to do top 10 lists is to kind of justify our views on things. And like, okay, I think highly of this player. Is that realistic? Does that actually make sense? Like, right. Am provide I, some perspective. Am I totally out of whack? Right. So we're going to do this top 10 list differently than we've ever done a top 10 list before on our show. We always, Paul will have a list, I will have a list. Today, and part of the reason this took so long to deliberate and figure out is, Paul and I have a joint top 10 NBA players of all time list. A consensus list. In we order. Have, we have thought, we have researched. We, we have, have debated. <laughs> we've thrown punches. Not really. Not but, really. <laughs> so, I will, here's the only disclaimer I will say. If you asked Paul to put together a top 10 list of all time and ask me to put a top 10 list of all time together, they would be different lists. We they, would each have different lists. They would they would not be very different. No, but they would be a little different. They would be slightly different. So this top 10 list, and some of these are very unanimous, but this top yes. 10 list is a list that Paul and I can jointly say, this makes sense as a top 10 list of NBA players all time. And I kind of think that's, Honestly, probably an improvement over our individual lists. I would agree. Because I'm definitely, there's a few players where I'm like, I want to put them number three overall. And it's yep. like, okay, well, that's that's way too hot of a take. And you've got players you're like that too. Yeah, we, we definitely had a lot of really good debate. And there's some players that kind of went up and down. In yep. fact, about a week ago, we thought we had our list one through ten figured out. And then we did kind of a work session and we could only agree on one through five. We yeah, we ended up revamping six through ten, and that's fine. Like that that is the point of this. But we are confident in what we have. We've, you know, obviously our list was in flux. It will always somewhat be in flux. Um, a few of these players are still active, and the list may change. Not to give any spoilers away, but <laughs> I think two players are active out of the top ten. Yes, unless there's any totally random comebacks. <laughs> Michael Jordan comes out of retirement for a third time. Wait, is he in our list? <laughs> well, 
what we're going to do, and the thing we'll do differently today as well, is we're going to start from one and go to ten. Because, spoiler alert, our top five, I think, are, like, not not everybody would agree, but I think people, if when they hear the top five, would be like, yeah, that makes sense. So, six through ten is where it gets a little spicier. So, we're going to start with one. So, our number one player of all time is... Michael Jeffrey Jordan. The and GOAT, people. And if, if you don't know, now you know. And if you thought you, you knew better know, or differently... No, you know. Yeah, if, if you it, thought you knew and differently, and this is it. Sorry, he, he's the GOAT. So, so Matt and I both grew up at the end of the Jordan era. Yes. So we grew up, you know, kind of at the end of the fable of Michael Jordan. And, you know, we saw the highlights. We'd see it on ESPN and all that stuff. And so there is, I mean, there is a little bit of nostalgia just to that pick. And it's one of those things like, can anyone ever top Michael Jordan for us? I'm not sure that's the case. But he is statistically just like a god among men also. There's a lot of stats. And we'll, Paul has some really good things to bring up for, for Jordan. But, and I'm kind of steal Paul's thunder on this. because he. But something Paul has said, and we've looked it up. Something funny about Michael. In fact, I'll just let you say it. Yeah, so I this has always stuck out to me because back in the day, like I said, we grew up, you know, watching the ESPN Sports Center back when it was good. Rip ESPN Sports mm-hmm. Center now that it's terrible. But they would always put up random stats. You know, they'd be like, Oh, this you know, someone just had a good game where they'd have like five steals and twenty points, and they're like, Who are the other three players to do that in the last ten years? Type of type of just random stuff. And it always seemed like Michael Jordan was on a large majority of those lists. He would just always show up. Like, his name would always just appear. And if you're second place at everything, you're first overall all time. And he's not even second at everything. He's first in point scores. So just to to pull up the stat, um, let's see. He is the highest playoff points per game all time. And the uh, leader in points per game, just for all games. Um, He's also scored the most points per game in an NBA Finals, 41 per game. So let that sink in. 41 points a game in an NBA Finals is absolutely insane. That's Yeah, that's averaging for the entire series. Correct. Um, He has the most 40-point games in the playoffs with 38. LeBron James has 27. So the gap between him and LeBron is fairly sizable considering the just the number of games. I mean, that's like a 50, not 50, 40% increase. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I mean, he's he was just so good at so many things, but especially scoring buckets and scoring buckets in isolation. I, I mean, do he, love... He would, he would still just show up on all these random stats. It's like, who just got blocks and rebounds and steals and he would still show up on those too and what's funny is when we were doing research to like make our picks for different spots in the top 10 he kept coming up on lists that we didn't think he would come up on we weren't even trying to find we him. were on basketball reference and stat muse in different places shout out to those websites they're great um and we're like we're looking at a big man why is michael jordan on the list with them right things yeah. that he shouldn't be on the list of he's always up there like he's paul just, said so i was on the list so like uh, we were looking up the career leaders in steals. 
you have John Stockton. Makes sense. He yep. played point guard. Jason Kidd makes sense. Played point guard. Michael Jordan is third all time on steals. And you're like, oh, I thought this guy was the best scorer in the, you know, potentially in the history of the NBA. We just talked about how many points he scored per game in the finals. He's a career leader in points per game. Oh, he's also third overall all time for steals. Another stat that you have on your, on, your document. Um, document there, Paul, that is really impressive is just to kind of kind of enforce that only player to win the defensive player of the year and average over 30 games or sorry, over 30 points per game in a season. So 35 points a game and defensive player of the year. That is yes. And so you, you are the best offensive player and the best defensive player. And just as a note, I also put down Hakeem Olajuwon's the only player to even come close to that. Normally, your defensive player of the year is like, you know, the the modern day Rudy Gobert type of player who's more of an auxiliary. Um, I mean, no offense to Rudy Gobert, but more of an auxiliary role player on offense. Absolutely. And not a dominant defensive player to win defensive player of the year and like a dominant offensive player because 30 points per game is a lot. That's a lot. That's like what your leading scorer gets. And normally, your best offensive player is not your best defensive player. Yeah, see your Steph Curry's and your James Harden's and, I mean, right. yeah, they're, prolific they're the, offensive players. They're the ones prolific. scoring 30 a game, yeah. and you're like, okay, you're amazing. You're great. But they're not the best defensive players. That's why you have the Rudy Gobert's, the Draymond Green's for the Steph Curry. Players like that. You know, and that's why Hakeem, even coming close to that, is just like, okay. You know, like... If the only other player to come close is Hakeem and Michael Durant's the top, that's great. Yeah. Kevin Durant, there was kind of a push one year for him to get defensive player of the year. But it's players like that. Like, you have to be incredibly, incredibly talented to be the most defensive and offensive player. And one thing I want to bring up before we end with Michael and go to the next player is I, I think – so when, when we're talking about our list, look, there's not any specific – metric or algorithm or anything that we really go by but there are things that we weigh obviously how good you were as a player just blindly that matters but championships really matter jordan did two three-peats he won three in a row retired for two years won three in a row yes this is actually a very good time we didn't really go over some of our criteria yeah for that's our what top i'm saying yep so yeah, we just we just jumped in because Michael Jordan is such an obvious number one. No right. matter what your criteria is, Michael Jordan will probably still be your number one overall pick. But yeah, so production, offensively, defensively, combination. If you're prolific in one, like more than anybody else, that weighs more too. Yes. But uh, winning championships that matters. Um, yeah, and that's that's definitely something that matters as we're talking about your list versus my list. You definitely you carry the value of a ring. Higher than I do. Yes, I do. And that and that's fine. And I feel like we came to a good middle ground on that. But another yeah, thing we, that we, we value is is impact on the game and imprint on the game. So did a player change the game? Play, yes. this the our top ten list, everybody was an innovator. Everybody was an innovator. Everybody did something unique that no one else had ever done before. Or they yeah, they just did it better than anyone else did. Yes. Absolutely. A- and then another thing too, I think is especially with Jordan more than anybody. Uh, but there's other players like this to an extent. He's an icon. 
on and off oh, the yeah. court. I mean, look at oh, what yeah. he did with Nike. You know what I mean? His status as an icon and just like a huge celebrity, it doesn't weigh a ton, but it does matter. And that that was to my point too. Like we just grew up with him a little bit. So it it that really stands out to us for Jordan. I think especially just being in our youths, but everything he did is just the best. <laughs> it really just is. So I'm just gonna give a shout out to Michael Jordan. You cigar smoking son of a bitch. I love you. You're great. Yeah, I, I remember going over to your place last year to watch the last dance. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got we got Dairy Zone. Shout out Dairy Zone. Shout out to Dairy Zone. East Side Ice Cream in Des Moines. Yep. Got some of that every single time they came on. And that was an event. That was like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch the last dance. This is going to be great. Yeah, to that as well, I guess I don't want to spend too much time on Jordan. But part of why I love him, this doesn't necessarily like go into our – top 10 but i think he's the fiercest competitor all time he was one of the best trash talkers ever he got in everybody's head the last dance was great because he's just basically like i'm the best and you know they would say to him oh we interviewed you know gary payton or so and so and they said this and they said they could he's like gary payton's fine but that's no (laughs) he wasn't gonna have me locked down that was never gonna happen right the confidence is amazing so anyway shout out to mj Absolutely. The GOAT. Shout out to the GOAT. Our number two, we we didn't really pull up as many stats because you don't really need as many stats. It's LeBron James. We've also talked about LeBron ad nauseum on this show. So, hey, go back and listen to some of our previous basketballers episodes. Some of the previous ones, right. It's He's almost always the number one player when he's not injured because he just is. Like, I mean, that's that's the current rankings. And he's 36, 37 now. And still, if he's in his, you know, prime condition, he's still the best player in the world. Yep. And he he commands as much gravity as anyone else. Um, also, to his credit, he is third all-time in total points for his career. He's probably going to pass Carl Malone this year who is second place, and he'll probably pass Kareem. It'll be close. It will be close. Especially if injuries continue to be a problem, unfortunately. Yes, it depends a lot on health. And Kareem had a long career. Yes. And LeBron has also had a long career up to this point. But to be third all-time in points is just an incredible accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And kind of like my point for Jordan, LeBron shows up on a lot of lists too. Because he does a little bit of everything. I mean, he's averaged a lot of rebounds and assists, steals. Yeah, and it used to be that you were either kind of the shooting guard or you were the center, right? Like, you're either a small person who shoots or you're a big person who plays in the paint. Yep. LeBron, to an extent, is this modern era is like, fuck it, I'm just going to be both. You know, there, there have been some players who have tried to do that, but not to the level that LeBron has. And he's just so good on offense and so good on defense that his cumulative stats speak, but it's really just the entire game. It's everything that he does. Like he's, there is a 10 year stretch where he was arguably the best defensive player every year. And people just kind of got tired of voting for him. Oh, and your best defensive player is also your best offensive player. It's kind of like what we were saying with Jordan. Like that is an incredible player. There are arguments to be made that LeBron should have been MVP for like 12 straight seasons. Yes. 
I and, mean, because again, voter, like, voter fatigue is a real thing. It is absolutely. I think more so now than it was before. And going to the Heatles did hurt him a little bit. Image wise, it really hurt him. Image wise, it really hurt him. But also, he kind of let Dwayne Wade run the offense for a little bit. That first, the first year, the first year, the playoff run was not super good for LeBron. But that year too, baby. Woo, buddy. Yes, but some some of the totals wise, like he wasn't necessarily even the alpha on those Heatles teams, which might have contributed to winning, but also hurt him a little bit. Like Jordan was always the alpha. Except for when he was playing baseball. <laughs> but LeBron kind of accepted a he wasn't the one like he was still the one A, but there was a one B there in Miami and he went to that team. So I think that hurt him image wise. But but I w- he still won two titles there and he ranked the rings pretty heavily and so that's why he did it. And he has four rings now. You get the And rings. I will say, while Paul, you make a really, really valid point on those two rings in Miami. The ring he won in Cleveland, he did have Kyrie, who was really good in that in that um, that finals run, and Kevin Love was really good as well. But yes, but LeBron in that uh, in that playoff run and in the finals against the Warriors, that was like godly, and that ring with Cleveland to me, that one ring weighs pretty heavy. Yeah. Because that was, I mean, that was one of the best finals performances I've seen from a player. Oh, yeah. I mean, insane. That, he was he was as on as I've ever seen him on. Yes. In a so, series. So another criteria point that, that uh, we've looked at, there is a really great uh, guy named Ben Taylor who runs a Thinking Basketball podcast. He also has a blog called Backpicks, and he's done a whole bunch of analytics around a whole bunch of different players. And... Like I said, check out his channel. He went through last year and he chronicled a player's peak. So not necessarily the longevity of their career, but their peak. And not one season, but over two or three seasons. Because sometimes one player will just have like a crazy good season and they go back to being whatever. So to give away the, the top two, Jordan had the best peak. LeBron had the second best. And on his video, he even said, they're really close. Is like you can kind of go either way, and there was a drop off between those two and number three. He he was big on ranges for this, and he was like, they are tier one. Everyone else basically tops out tier two. LeBron's floor was a little lower than Jordan, so he chose Jordan as number one because he had to make a pick. But LeBron is still in that category, and that's why he's number two for us. Because we don't, you know, a peak is something we take into account. Yes. It's not everything, but. When it's a pretty clear 1A, 1B situation, then that makes it even easier for us when we are taking everything else into account. It's like, oh, okay, that's like, it's a really strong argument. Um, he also did the 40 best careers. So kind of the opposite of that. He did who had, who contributed the most to their team winning a championship over the entire course of their career. Number one on that list is actually a number three pick well lead into next number two was lebron and number three was michael jordan and the caveat there is jordan played a lot less years than lebron has played already he played fewer years he took two years off in his peak well took two years off that's debatable he wasn't playing basketball and his first several years actually the bulls were terrible so there is that they were yep and so 
again, it's it's just when you see lists like this and all the numbers are crunched, everything's taken into account, and LeBron is showing up in the top three for everything. Yep. And a lot of times he's number two. You're like, yeah, that guy is number two on our list. I do also, before we move on, I just want to put this disclaimer in as well. Just because we have LeBron at number two and Jordan at number one doesn't mean we think LeBron James is a trash player. There's this whole, like, the whole GOAT debate. If you're the number two NBA player of all time, oh, you're really fucking good. That's an insane, like, an so, like, it's not a slight. No. In- and LeBron is a little image obsessed, and he wants to be the best player of all time and kind of tries to speak it into existence. But being number two is incredible. Absolutely. With such a rich history that the game has, how long it's been played, how many prolific players there've been, for him, because for like for us, it's yeah, he's number two. And again, this is all time. You know, this isn't this year, or last year. Like you said, there is there is like a dozen years in a row where he could have won MVP, and probably should have. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So, no, none of the none of the players on this list are being slighted at all by us. Yes. They are all incredible players let's get to the third one who as i kind of led in according to this ben taylor had the most impact on winning over the course of his career that is kareem abdul jabbar the skyhook himself mr goggles actually just kurt rambus is probably mr goggles but (laughs) fuck kurt rambus but anyway yeah but kareem's known for him so as i as i talked about with lebron having the third most points over the course of their career, Carmelo is second. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar currently is the points leader, career points in the NBA. He was an unstoppable force, especially when he got in the post, go across the lane, do a little skyhook over his right shoulder. He could skyhook from the left. He could pass it out of the post. He he was pretty good on defense too. He was pretty good. He wasn't like an exceptional defender, but a very good defender also. And the man has six rings. He won one with Milwaukee. One of, one of my favorite cream things is he's the only player to win back-to-back MVPs, but he changed his name. He, yep. And so it, it looks like two different people won MVP in back-to-back years. But it's he actually, was Lou Alcindor but it's for actually, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. yep. And then it was Kareem the next year. Mm-hmm. But one MVP both years. So that's just kind of a fun little stat there. But no, Kareem was just a force. And if you win six rings, and especially with two different teams, like you're you're clearly the reason why teams are winning. And there were some really good Lakers teams. You know, we'll talk about you know some of the other players on that team perhaps, but there were there were a lot of good players, so that does help him. But Kareem is number three just what he did on offense the longevity of his career he was able to stay healthy providing good defense you know down in the post anything you want to add about kareem i think you summed it up beautifully paul see i'm pulling up a stat here kareem had the most games with 10 plus points which is i mean part of why he's the all-time scoring leader he had 1,509 games. The next highest is Carl Malone, who did it, you know, 1,441 times. But just the consistency, too. 
He would just always give you buckets. You knew what you were getting. The opponents knew what was what they were getting too. You just could not stop it. It's the seven footer who held the ball way over his head and would just gently caress it into the basket. And actually, so shout out to Dirk Nowitzki, who's third on that list. So he's he scored 10-plus points in 1,373 games, but Dirk was kind of the same way to an extent. Dirk had his fadeaway. You knew what you were going to get. You couldn't stop it. Cream was just Dirk, but for longer and slightly better. And better defense, too, really. I mean, Dirk's a great player. I'm not sliding Dirk here at all. I'm just saying Kareem was even more amazing than this really good player. And won six rings. That's why he's number three. You want to do number four? I know this is kind of your boy. I'd love to do number four. So number four is a player that I think people know about to an extent. People talk about to an extent. But I think he is underrepresented, and I think he is underrated and underappreciated. And this is the OG himself, the green shamrock, if you will, one Mr. Bill Russell. Bill Russell played for the Boston Celtics back in the 50s and 60s. He played 13 seasons, which isn't a long time. And look, we're, there, there's going to be some comparisons from him to the next player on our list. A little bit of a spoiler alert. Spoiler. Bill Russell didn't average a ton of points for his career, a little over 15 points. Now, he averaged like, what, 22 and a half rebounds for his career? Uh, something like, I can look that up quick. It's a lot. Um, Defensive force. He was one of the first. Yeah, 22 and a half, exactly. So 22 and a half. He was one of the first real, probably defensive stalwarts of the league. That was before they recorded blocks. Yes. Way back in the day. So that is a caveat. There are a few players on the list where the stats aren't complete. Sure. But here's a stat that's very complete. Like I said uh, about a minute and a half ago, he won a, he he played 13 seasons. Okay. 13 seasons he played. Again, I'm going to say, Bill Russell played 13 seasons in the NBA. You're probably saying, Matt, why the fuck do you keep saying 13 seasons? 13, I get it. That's because. And Paul, I'm going to have you do a little bit of math here. Okay, I'm ready. Bill Russell, in 13 seasons, won 11 championships. What's the percentage of that? That percentage is 85%. 85% of his NBA career were championship seasons. <laughs> yeah, that is actually insane to think about it like that. Bill Russell he had, had really stacked teams on the Celtics. He had really yes, good teams. He did. But. He still did it. He did it. No one else is close. And the other impressive stat about those 11 rings is. In that span, there were eight in a row. Yeah. That's fucking insane. I don't care what era you are. Because here's the deal. If it was so easy to do, someone else would have done it. And he was the anchor. It's not like he had another teammate who also happened to win 11 rings. And again, I don't want to give too much away, but we will talk about why it's so impressive because of a specific player he went up against. So, but... The other thing about Bill Russell, too, uh, uh, that yes. I think is really, really, really important to to say and, and talk about is his impact on the game. 
from a social justice perspective, from a barrier breaking perspective. He was the first black coach in the NBA, he was which a, is huge. He was a player coach. He was too, a player coach, which you never see anymore, but it's kind of awesome. It's actually not allowed in the CBA. Well, that's why you never see it. Then. But Bill Russell was a <laughs> player coach. Anyway, that was that was 1966, by the way. Just a little historical trivia. And I've just I've watched a lot of interviews with Bill Russell. He's just like he's a very wise guy. He's not a wise guy, but he's a very wise man. Yeah, he, he's he's just a real one. He's a real one. He's and absolutely. Also, also Kareem too. I got to give a shout out. Kareem oh, is Kareem's awesome. also a real one. Yeah. Um, Bill Russell is a very thoughtful person. He seems to really understand his impact on the game, and he paved the way. Because frankly, I'm just gonna talk about the elephant in the room for just a second. It was a pretty white league at that time. He paved the way for black players, and I think it's amazing because now it's like an eighty percent black league, yep. and they're thriving. And look, and look at what they're doing now with social justice stuff. That's all because of Bill Russell. At least that's that was the incubation of that, right? And he it was, started there. He was not the first, and he was not the only, but he definitely had a large impact. I think he had the first biggest impact on the game. Yes. From that perspective. Yes. But again, 11 rings in 13 seasons. No one else has done it. Yeah, his offensive stats weren't amazing, but give me a fucking player who's won 11 rings. Um, <laughs> and I will show you a bridge. And and Bill Russell is really tough to rank because, as you said, to repeat it, he was on stack teams. It was back in the ABA. Stats are incomplete. We don't know the full impact he had. We know that he won 11 out of 13 rings. And we, I mean, we know some of the basic stats like points, rebounds, assists, um, but no one else did it. If it was that easy, someone else would have come along and did it. He was absolutely the goat of his era. And that's why he has to be, that's why we think he has to be ranked so highly on the goat list all time. There are a lot of top 10 lists that have him quite a bit lower. And I just don't, I, it it wasn't sitting right with me and with, with both of us, actually. We, we felt it was important to rank him this high. Yes. It, so, shout out, shout out if you, to Bill Russell. If you win a ring in 85% of your seasons, if you're that successful and no one else really comes super close to that, you have to be in just in the conversation. I mean, honestly, if you wanted to put him as the greatest of all time, there is an argument for that. Absolutely is. Even over Jordan, because you're like, well, Jordan did two three-peats. If rings are your ultimate, you know, this is what makes a player great. They won. Because that's the whole point. You win a championship. Bill Russell could be your number one all time. Eight in a row and 11 out of 13. Insane. Yes. And as as I mentioned before, the uh, the guy who did a whole bunch of stats about the best careers, Bill Russell ranked fourth on that list huh interesting i like this guy <laughs> <laughs> but again these are these are incomplete stats it makes it tough to rank also tough to rank is our fifth player on this list wilt the still chamberlain just a massive man just absolutely gargantuan and some of the stats that wilt has are just insane wilt is like bill because they played against each other. Very tough to rank all time. He will fluctuate widely based on who's ranking a list. Some people may not have him in their top 10. I've seen like anywhere. He, I mean, I, he's usually in top 10s. I've seen anywhere from three to like eight. 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen lists where he is outside the top 10. That's insane. It is, but it's, he's also so tough to rank. And the reason, so here, here's the, here's where we can kind of get into the nitty gritty. So I want to talk very quickly about Russell versus Wilt. So look, points per game, it wasn't even close. Will Chamberlain was so prolific offensively. In fact, you could argue one of the most prolific offensive players of all time, probably top five off- offensive players of all time. Um, he scored 50 points per game in a season one time, which has never come yeah. close. He scored – he so has wait, the all-time no, – we, we just need to pause on that for a second. 50 yeah, points – 50 points a game. Per game. For an entire season. For an entire season. 50 points in one game is a huge accomplishment. 50 points per game over the course of a season is just – absolutely bananas and you could argue era you could argue who is way bigger than everybody else but he still did it no one else has um the other thing is he is the all-time single game scoring leader with 100 points in a game i don't care if you're getting lobs the whole game i don't care if your teammates are only passing to you it is so hard i mean to get that many points the next highest is kobe with 81 that's a 19 point difference yeah and again will will did it once it was definitely an aberration yes but he still did it he still did it, and you could not stop him. Also, a really fun stat is he averaged the most minutes per game for that, a season, which was 48 and a half minutes for a whole season. If you talk about stats that will never be broken, ever. That will never be broken, that especially will never be broken. now in today's era. No, he averaged 48 and a half minutes per game for the course of a season. Hey, Paul, how many, minutes are in a, how, many, yeah, how many minutes are in an NBA game? 48. And he averaged how many? 48 and a half. Just to tell you, it's overtime. But yeah, that's yes, yes, but he but he played literally every minute, <laughs> which would absolutely never happen in today's NBA. He that, was in peak physical condition. He was a, a, a crazy physical specimen, in incredible shape, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's one of the greatest physical NBA players we've ever seen. He was a monster among men. So so, to my point about Jordan. When we were looking up stats about Wilt, which are just fun stats, Michael Jordan came up a lot, actually, for these stats. So, Wilt Chamberlain has the record for the most points scored in the season with 4,029. Uh, he also has the second place. Jordan has third. Chamberlain's third and fourth. And then Jordan is fifth. I, I actually got off. Chamberlain's one, two. Jordan's three. Chamberlain's four, five, Jordan to six. Maybe I got that right. Whatever. It's just, I mean, to have four of the top six scoring seasons of all time is just insane. And he was doing this against Wilt, who was the, you know, arguably the best defensive player Russell. in the league. Bill Russell. Right. And so this is where the comparison comes of Russell and Chamberlain, right? So like yes. and they played is- together a lot or against each other a lot. And, and look, Wilt did score a lot of points, but in head-to-head stats, I'll just, I'm not going to bore you with the specifics. He scored less points when playing against Russell. He still scored a shit ton of points, but he scored less points than his averages against Russell. Now, um, the reason we have Bill Russell ranked a little higher is Russell has 11 rings and Wilt only had two. And a lot of that was, yes, there were stacked Boston teams, but they still beat Will Chamberlain's you teams. You still did it. So... But what was amazing, I also and, don't think he's talked about enough. That era is not talked about a lot, but those are two players that have to be respected, in my opinion. 
And that's why I put them 4-5. Mm-hmm. Because it's so tough to differentiate, and they played against each other, so it's both easier and tougher to differentiate between the two of them. So let's... Okay, now, here's where I'm getting really excited. We're now at the second half of the list. This is the fun part. So this is going to be really fun. This player I'm super excited about because both Paul and I are pretty in agreement on this. We were really not sure where to put him, but we feel good because this, to me, seems kind of like a vindication. This guy is incredibly well-known nowadays, not for his basketball specifically, but for being a celebrity and being in every (laughs) goddamn motherfucking commercial known to man. But he has the third highest peak, according... According to Ben Taylor, which not to throw him under the bus, he did a great job with the series. And the fifth highest career, um, I guess, adding to your winning chances for his career. One of the most dominant players to ever play the game. Yes. Very, like, almost unstoppable. Probably, I would say, I think one of the biggest physical forces to ever play the game. Other teams would have players specifically to pick up fouls against this guy. The big Aristotle himself. Superman. Shaquille O'Neal. We already kind of let in with all, all of the facts and figures. There's no other way around it. Shaq was just a monster. And Paul and I talked about this a lot we think his career gets overlooked because he is this goofy personality now but he was so good he was absolutely so good and i mean he won he won the championships on the lakers and they had kobe and a lot of the credit goes to kobe and i think Shaq kind of gets overlooked sometimes in that i mean kobe was the second best player on that team and it wasn't that close by the way for the kobe revisionist historians around there uh, it wasn't that close. Shaq was easily the best player on those three te- on those three championship teams. Yes, and that that still pisses off some people to hear that because a lot of people don't think that. Well, the truth pisses some people off, but it's it's it the truth. And I mean, he went to the Heat, and he was good. You know, he won the title, but he was not the best player on that Heat team. Orlando Magic Shaq was ridiculous. Laker or, Shaq was fucking insane. Yeah. Then at the end of his his career, kind of tailed off a little bit. Won another ring. But especially Orlando Shaq and the Lakers Shaq, the man was nimble. He was so big. He was so powerful, Just, but still light on his feet. And, I mean, his defense was kind of a little suspect sometimes, which is surprising because he was just such an incredible force. And I mean, he could move around. He could jump. He was still good defensively. But, but he, he just, was such a punisher on offense. Yes. And that that's what I was trying to get at is but his offense like even just average defense with that offense is just you could not stop him teams would have other people foul out that's why it's called hack a shack if honestly if Shaq had an averaged free throw percentage and was slightly better on defense he might be like number two all time that's his, true his bad shooting really hurt him because he only could do work within like three feet of the hoop the problem though is that once he got within three feet of the hoop you done baby you weren't stopping him no no so you really had no hope against him your only hope was to foul him make him shoot free throws 
The best modern player comparison I could make to Shaq would be Zion. And, like, if Zion is 60% of what Shaq was, he's looking pretty damn good. Yeah. And, I mean, Shaq had a lot of touch. Like, Zion has a lot of touch. Shaq had a lot of touch. Shaq, I'm not sure we'll see someone just as raw and powerful as Shaq was for his first eight years in the league. So, think about this. The league developed. So, Will Chamberlain was a huge physical specimen for his time. But oh, yeah. the league developed and got tougher. And you have like 80s fucking Smash Mouth, Pistons, Bad Boys, all that the shit. Bad fucking, Boys. Well, I mean, all those teams were fucking dirty. The Lakers were dirty. The Celtics with oh, fucking yeah. Kevin McHale and all Robert Parrish. They were all dirty, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, the league got tougher. The league got bigger. The league got stronger. So... Technology ramps up and you have like new ways to, you know, build things and you have better hoops and better this and better that. Then Shaquille O'Neal comes in in the 90s and he fucking breaks backboards and pulls basketball stanchions to the ground. I'm pretty sure they had to redesign. They had it. to redesign their their <laughs> their basketball hoop structure to support him dunking on it because amazing. he was just he was so It's powerful. amazing. And that's that's to like that's to the impact of, of Shaq. Yeah, if there's there's like one player who at their prime was running full speed at you and you like I don't know, you would just die. Like yeah, the number the number <laughs> one player number one player in their prime that, like, I'm, that you I'm would be scared, scared of. of. Yeah. Yeah. Like LeBron might be number two for that actually. Because LeBron it was an absolute tank. Like if prime. you're yeah, if you're defending in the paint Who's the one player you don't right. in their prime who you I, don't I guess, want to run up against yeah. you? You're you're the one player back. This player is running the fast break. They're just like dribbling the ball at you, and you're like, oh fuck. You're just like, you know what? I am. <laughs> yeah, the number one player. You're like, nope, 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 nope. It's Shaq. I'm, Absolutely. I'm getting out of the way. Yeah. yeah. You just you get out of the way, and you're like, I'm going to live another day. Shaq was unstoppable inside of three feet. Another player. From that era, a little bit. From the Smash Mouth era. Not the All-Star Smash Mouth era, but... Hey, yeah. That's a great song. Yeah, I don't give a shout shit. Out, shout out All-Star. Shout out to Smash Mouth, maybe. That's right. <laughs> I don't know enough about Smash Mouth or Shout Out. I'm not sure if they're problematic or not. Uh, shout I feel out like that. they did something, maybe, but who knows. Oh, uh, maybe. But that song's, so, so that maybe, song's a good maybe song. Maybe shout out to Smash Mouth. This is a very narrow shout out. <laughs> <laughs> So please don't get in trouble for that shout out. Back to the '80s grit and grind, baby. The let's, man. Let's do it. Number the seven. myth, the legend himself, Larry Bird. Larry Legend, baby. Oh yeah, Larry. Larry Bird is now. We're getting into players that are a little bit tougher to rank. Yes, we had we had some trouble ranking. I think we got pretty confident with Shaq at number six, and then we kind of started working our way down. It is very tough to rank some of these players because Larry Bird, like a lot of these players, did so many things so well that he doesn't necessarily come up on a lot of all-time lists. But when you watch him and recognize what he is doing and the level just that he contributes to winning on a basketball court, he absolutely is in the top ten. The reason Larry Bird does not come up on all-time lists is because he had a shorter career due to a chronic back issue. 
And so that is why he had to retire. He only played 13 seasons. But yeah, he also hurt his back like shoveling. Yeah, which would just, shoveling snow in Indiana in the driveway. Which would just never happen nowadays. Love it, Larry. You're the man. L- Larry Bird was just, he was like the farm kid who basically just found out he was magical at basketball. He, he is also, he was an elite trash talker. Elite oh. trash talker. Oh, he is absolutely top three all-time trash talking. And yeah, I, he, I like, love it. Jordan gets a lot of a lot of praise for like backing up his trash talk. Larry Bird was the same way. He would like talk shit and then back it up. Oh yeah. And Larry Bird's averages, I just want to like I'm not going to go specifics, but he averaged 20 some odd points for his career. He averaged 10 rebounds for his career and about 7 or so assists. That's amazing. He also So Larry Bird is one of the all-time great shooters. In fact, was shooting yes. Compared to today's, not as many, but shooting more three-pointers than most people at the time, hitting then, them at a high clip, and he was three-time defensive player of the year. So, again, all-around great player. And and there is a little bit of era that comes into it because the three-point line was not always around for a lot of – like the Bill Russell, Will Chamberlains, there wasn't even a three-point line. Well, and frankly, if you put Larry Bird in today's era, he might be ranked higher. <laughs> I mean, with the three-point line? Yes, because – and back then, there were a lot of long twos. Now there's all the analytics, right? Like, you don't take a long two. You're driving to the hole. You're shooting a three. I mean, he was shooting 40-ish percent from three back then. Yeah, which is elite. I mean, it's yes. elite for his era. It's elite, Absolutely. For, it's elite for today's era when players grow up learning to shoot the three. No, Bird was just – he. it wasn't even the wrong era because he was – I mean, he just kind of paved the way. He's like, what if I just shoot it from – Anywhere. Anywhere. And the thing about Bird, too, is he had so much finesse to his game. Oh, he was. And I was so just much say, flash. He was, he was super crafty, too. Oh, man. We'd get around the rim, and he was a great finisher he around the rim. He had a great bank shot. I loved it. He had good bank shots. But he had these great, like, behind the behind the head passes and just these great heads-up plays, um, like outlet passes. And he's he was a very innovative offensive player. Yes. And, in absolutely. fact, I would say kind of, frankly, you could – you could argue there's another player on the list we'll get to, but you could argue he he's kind of I mean he's kind of your well really like a he he was kind of the archetype for Scottie Pippen type player, um, although he's more prolific offensively than Scottie Pippen, but kind of the do it all player yeah and kind of your LeBron as well. He was well, just about to say he really was sort of the prototype for a LeBron. Yes, absolutely. You're gonna shoot the three. You're gonna be able to drive. You're gonna play world class defense. Be a great passer, facilitator. Yeah, he just did it you know, 20, 30 years earlier. Shout out to Larry Legend. Shout out Larry Legend. Tons of accolades. You know, it's it's one of those things where you you put him up against other players and you just start to realize the immensity of his work. But you also just have to watch him and realize, like, the man was amazing. He got hurt, but his peak was absolutely insane. And there's all sorts of on-off stats because he was on some pretty good Celtics teams too. Absolutely. And there's some on-off stats that just show he he was the best player on those teams. You know, even though they had a good team, he was the leader. He was the best player. He was the one going up against Jordan and trash-talking Jordan. It wasn't anyone else. It was Bird yep. going up and backing it up. That was yes. the best thing about him. He would talk trash, and then he'd back it up. There's a great story, just quick tangent. I, I believe the Celtics were playing the Hawks one time. And Bird's just torching them. <laughs> and Bird's just, like, basically fucking around with the team. He's just like, yep, this is my night. He, like, he was basically like, y'all got front row tickets to the Bird show tonight. And they were like, 
yeah, okay, I guess we're just going to lose to Larry tonight. But he called out a play. I'm pretty sure this is how the story goes. This is all from memory. He was coming down the court and he's like, I'm, next time I'm just going to shoot it in your trainer's face. Because the trainer sits courtside. He's like, I'm just going to dribble it down and just shoot it. And so he comes down. He uh, shoots it basically from where the trainer is sitting. It's a deep three. He actually kind of falls down in it. Ends up in the trainer's lap. The ball goes in. And the Atlanta Hawks bench just like falls over laughing and they start cheering for him. And the head coach of the Hawks is like, they were, they were fucking cheering the other team. They were cheering for Larry Bird. So I'm pretty sure I heard Doc Rivers tell that story because I think he was on that Atlanta team. Um, yeah, that might. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure source. two players got suspended for a game or like got reprimanded because they were like laughing yeah. so hard. Yeah, because Larry was just torching them. And he's like, I'm just going to do this. And then he did it. In fact, I think he went off for like 57 that game or something crazy. I, I don't remember the exact stat, but yeah, it was just. Monster was game, just, yeah. That was just Larry. That wasn't like out of the ordinary for him. He was just like, all right, I guess y'all getting the, the front row tickets to the show tonight, huh? And they were like, oh, fuck, I guess we're losing tonight. Yep. <laughs> like Larry Bird's in town talking shit. We're just going to lose. So, yeah, huge impact on winning. And a great peak, too. Let me see. He was he was number five on, on that peaks list. Yep. Which, again, just absolute credit to him. Number eight on our list was actually one spot above him on the peaks all time. Which, again, there was a whole lot of flux. This is not the only criteria. No. But we might as well go to number eight on the list, and I'm just going to shut my mouth and let Mr. Paul talk about this player. So when we Don't talk. talk for too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about, you know, players that we rank differently than the other one. This, this is my boy. This is... Uh, this is my guy. I'm like, there is no way he is not in the top 10. And Matt's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, no, this dude's like number three all time. And Matt's like, uh, calm, calm yourself down. Hakeem, the dream Elijah one. And once I started pulling up some stats, which I'll share, Matt's like, oh yeah, actually. Okay. He should be top 10. Hakeem is the only player to win an MVP defensive player of the year and finals MVP. In the same year. The man was dominant on offense. Dominant on defense. He won two titles. The uh, the two years that Michael Jordan did not play in <laughs> during his eight-year stretch. So, the problem with Hakeem is that he was drafted the same year as Michael Jordan. The cool thing is that the Rockets, who drafted him, can basically walk away and be like, you know what? Yes, we should have taken Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. We took Hakeem, and that was still a good pick. Like, you can't even be that upset that you drafted Hakeem instead of Michael Jordan, which just says so much about it. They him. weren't the trailblazers who drafted Sam Bowie. Yeah, I just wasn't going to mention that. That's a bad pick. But that, that was really the detriment to his career is that he, his peak coincided with Michael Jordan's peak. Michael Jordan won three. Elijah won, to his credit. Won the two years that Michael Jordan was not in the league. And then Jordan came back, won the next three. Elijah won, you know, and those teams were not good enough to compete after that. They kind of scrounged around. But the team he was on also wasn't super amazing. Like, I looked up the roster for those for those two years, 94 and 95, I believe. 
and there really weren't too many names that stood out. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, well, this player carried them. You know, that player did this. It was like, no, you have Hakeem. You have some really good players, like a lot of good shooters. You know, it's kind of like the LeBron. It's just like, okay, we got our we got our three, you know, our main guy, and then we're going to surround him with shooters, three indies. It was kind of that, but he he did it. He won those two years, and you have to give him credit for that. He is the only player in the top 10 all time for both blocks and steals. He's first all time in blocks and 10th all time in steals. So he'd swat you up top, he'd swipe you down low. Which most players, the steals, like I said, was John Stockton, right? And then Michael Jordan was third all time for steals. You don't expect someone who's seven foot to be 10th all time in steals. His hands were just incredible. The only player I believe who's in the top 20, the only other player was Kevin Garnett, who was an absolute defensive beast, like defensive first player. Hakeem has an offensive move named after him. Players literally train with him in the offseason for their offense. And yet this dude was one of the best defenders in league history. So his two-way impact on the game was ridiculous. I was, I was looking up some fun Hakeem stats. And uh, in games that he recorded three, three steals total. No, I'm sorry. The number of games where he has three or more steals and three or more blocks, he has 1,130 games with that. The next highest player was David Robinson, actually, with 679. And then Michael Jordan who just shows up everywhere doing everything. But he had twice as many as David Robinson. Three steals and three blocks. Just a defensive force, an offensive force. You you couldn't really ask for more from a number one player. Or a number one overall draft pick. Yeah, and again, according to that, the, uh, the stats run, the fourth highest overall peak. Beautiful, Paul. Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't I'm, gonna say a word because I I told Paul I'm I'm definitely a stats guy, but and I'm, he and he, he did convince me on it, but I told Paul I'm like man because we'll maybe talk at the end if we have a little bit of time because we're actually doing pretty well in this this last half, but um we might talk about like those that were left out, and I was like you just have to you have to make a good argument, and it's a good argument, so way to go, Paul. I I fell in love with him before I even knew the stats. I would honestly just watch Hakeem highlights. Yeah, and he's just an incredible player to watch, and then you look up the stats and you're like oh. Yeah, top 10 all-time, block steals, yeah. dream shake. So, Absolutely. number nine, we, uh, if anyone listens to this, are probably going to get a lot of shit for having this person this low, but it is one Irvin Magic Johnson. He is usually pretty high on a lot of top 10 lists. It's not that we think Magic was a bad player. He wasn't. No, it's absolutely It's just that we not. think the players that we ranked above him were better. Um, so Magic and Bird get compared all the time because they came in together. They actually played the the NCAA championship against each other, Indiana State and uh, where did he play? Michigan State. Um, and Magic won that. And then they came in the league together, played 13 years, went out yep. together. It's, it's the Celtics and the Lakers, right. just this fabled rivalry anyway. So they're linked in history. And a lot of times on top 10 lists, you'll see them right next to each other because it can be tough to differentiate. Magic does have more rings than Bird, 5-3, to three, but... He did have one 
number three on our list all time, Kareem, Kareem. Abdul-Jabbar. So, and shout out James Worthy too. Yeah, big big game James was uh, was shout no out. joke. Yeah, absolutely. So like Magic, I mean, while and Bird's teams were stacked, Magic's teams were like stackety stacked. Stackety stacked. I mean, <laughs> if you have Kareem as your as, as a teammate, you're doing pretty well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the number three all time player on our list. Magic is the all-time assists leader or assists per game leader. Yes. Um, same, so he, same thing like Paul said earlier is that he's not going to show up on a lot of like all-time yeah, total stats because he didn't play that long. But like assists per game, yep, so Magic is there. Assists per game, he had 11.2. The next highest is John Stockton with 10.5. Stockton just played 20 years and Magic played 13. Yep. So that's why he doesn't show up on the all-time list. But per game over a 13-year career – just incredible assist numbers. And, and that was his main contribution. He was all, he was a very good scorer. He was, you know, a good finisher, craft around the back of the bucket. He didn't shoot like a ton of jumpers. No. He could. He just didn't really shoot a ton of them. Pretty and good defender. His defense was pretty good. Yeah. But it wasn't super – like he would normally guard more of the small forward, power right. forward, and run the point. He really was the the archetype, though, for the point center. Yes. Because he was, he was a little bigger than some of the other players, and he would grab a rebound, take the ball down the floor, you know, throw the outlet pass, finish himself. He, his play style, changed the game. Yes. And also, I mean, it was the Showtime Lakers. Like yes. he was Showtime. Yeah. Just even his, you know, his personality doesn't matter to the rankings, but it mattered to the culture. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's so tough to differentiate between them and Johnson was out of the league for a few years also. Yeah. And, and there's actually, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of bad stuff when he re-entered the league briefly. Like he was apparently a really shitty teammate when he came back with the Lakers after he retired. Anyway, so there's some like weird stuff there, but no magic magic was really good. A lot of people rank him higher, but uh, I don't know. We just, we like the eye test wise. We like bird a little better. He's a better shooter. Obviously, didn't average as many assists, but better shooter, better defender. Um, yeah, and, and Bird, I, Bird averaged more points and more rebounds. He was still Bird was still a good assist person, but he was more of a score first. Magic right. was more of a pass first. And Bird had three All-NBA defense, I believe. This might be a controversial hot take, but I think Bird was flashier than Magic anyway. Like, a lot of people talk about Showtime Lakers and all that stuff, and like, yeah, Magic Bird, was flashy and cool, but like, Bird was so fucking flashy. Bird was all... Yeah, he was... Just as flashy, in my opinion. So no, I mean we we did put two players between them, but I think I think they were both deserved. It's still close. Yes, and and again, like all these rankings are so close. We one player between them. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> just to. Oh yeah, you're right. I decided about Hakeem for so long that I thought it was two. No, you're right. So uh, that's magic, and I, you know, again, he's he's all time great. He's he's awesome. I, I don't think there's a lot more we need to say. Um, yep. Yeah, if you watch Magic Johnson highlights, you will see why he is number nine all time. We're doing pretty good on time, actually. I'm I'm impressed we've kept it where we've kept it. So now comes number ten all time. Paul, we've made it this far, and. To everyone listening, if you think that we've had any hot takes so far in our top 10, boy, howdy, are you mistaken. If you thought we could get through this without throwing in one hot take, and if anyone says Hakeem's a hot take, 
just rewind this like 10 minutes and re-listen to that and also kind of fuck off but yeah go watch go watch some hakeem highlights then come back if like bill russell at four is too much of a hot take for you or fucking magic being at nine is like too crazy if bill russell's too hot of a take try putting 10 rings on your fingers in or 11 rings on your fingers and see where that gets you All I'm saying is buckle up, people, because if you think anything we've said thus far in this hour has been a hot take, I guarantee you it is nothing compared to what we're going to tell you next. Now, I'm not even convinced that this is that hot. So so this is the point personally for. So Paul and I have talked a lot about this. And look, again, we we hope that enough people listen to this episode because we have put a lot of a lot of thought, a lot of conversation together, debate looking at a lot of stats, we have really thought this through. I just want to be clear. Um, Cause there are, there's a certain player that I know that if any of this player's fans listen to our podcast, we'd probably have like, you know, pitchforks and can <laughs> bullshit after us. Right. Like Frankenstein's monster um, <laughs> tortures and pitchforks. That's what I was looking for. Anyway, but we feel very sound in this pick. And in fact, we believe this is the 10th best player of all time and of course it's like probably close to whoever's number 11 but um we we think this is like absolutely right now who's the 10th best player of all time so paul you want to tell the ladies and gentlemen who it is and folks who it is it is mr one one mr one mr stephen curry currently playing for the Golden State Warriors. Beautiful. The, the reason is he is arguably and almost inarguably the greatest shooter ever. Yeah, I think it's pretty inarguably at this point. I mean, someone will always try to argue that someone else was a better shooter. Their era, you know, Bird was a better shooter, wrong era sort of stuff. What Steph does on the offensive end of a court has been unrivaled very quickly before you go into it i just want to say this before we start so we can focus on the positive he's not a good defender but for him it doesn't matter because how prolific he is offensively he's he's not a necessarily bad defender he is average he will never make an all nba defense team. but it doesn't really matter in our argument honestly he is i mean without a doubt yeah one of the greatest offensive weapons of all time he is currently in second place for the most three-pointers all time. Shout out to Ray Allen, who was way ahead of his era. Um, Steph Curry is going to pass that, though, by the end of his career. He's 200 short right now. Uh, something cool. Steph Curry has the highest free throw percentage all time. My wife will be happy to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, these these stats get very close, but there's only four people in league history who have been 90% or higher free throws. That is Rick Barry at 90, Mark Price 90.4, Steve Nash 90.4, Steph Curry 90.7. And a quick shout out to Paige Stojakovic at number five, 89.5. Yeah, no, I mean, all all these players in Ray I know, Allen, I just Ray want to Allen, shout out Paige. Yeah, who was the league leader in threes was 89.4, which is not surprising. Just, right. He was an amazing shooter. But Steph Curry is just so incredibly good. I'm hogging all the stats here. Um, Steph Curry has the most games with 
10 or more three-pointers. This is an incredible stat. This shows this just shows how otherworldly his offense is. Yes, I'm I'm currently looking at a bar chart. <laughs> and Curry is eating everyone else on the bar chart. So 22 career games with at least 10 three-pointers. Who's number 2, Paul? Number 2 is his teammate and good friend, Mr. Clay Thompson. So Curry had 22. How many does Clay have, Paul? What's a number way smaller than 22, Matt? Five? Five sounds about right. Yeah. The difference is 22 to five. And then you have James Harden and Damian Lillard and J.R. Smith. Shout out J.R. Smith. What? I'll shout it out. No, yeah. (laughs) They have three. But just the drop from 22 to five. And Clay's an amazing shooter. Like James Harden, Damian Lillard, J.R. Smith. I mean, I'm not quite sure I put J.R. Smith in the same category, but all amazing shooters. And Steph Curry just has 22. It's just like, it's video game numbers. It really is just, he's like in the matrix and found a cheat code and just shoots it. If you bump that from 10 three-pointers to 11 three-pointers, up in the ante a little bit, he has 12. The next highest, Clay Thompson and Damian Lillard with two. I mean, he has six times as many games with 11 three-pointers. Absolutely insane. It's just insane. And again, some of this is era inflated because the three-point line means more now. But But we are in the current era, and it matters now. And honestly, Steph Curry helped create the current era because he just started saying, what if I just shoot? What if I'm so good at shooting that I just shoot it? What if I take the ball in the backcourt and I go over half court and I just shoot from the logo and fucking make it? Yeah. I, I remember in his prime, there was some absolutely insane stat where it was like, it was better for Steph Curry to basically walk across half court and shoot it than it was to pass to an open teammate near the basket. <laughs> it's just like your expected points per possession were higher from a Steph Curry, like deep range missile bomb than it was an open like an open teammate the thing about Steph Curry that's insane too is that he's had some injury history specifically earlier in his career yes and if he was healthy he might even be higher who knows but but the thing about Steph I just I want to take a stat from this past season and it's not the most like the number isn't the it wasn't the highest three-point percentage ever but Steph shot 42% from three, which is really good. That's really good. It's not all-time great, but 42% from three on 12 shot attempts a game. That is absolutely insane to have that volume of shooting and be that accurate. And there is some context involved here because what Steph Curry does is with every other team, it's kind of like Shaq, right? Like we were saying, teams would load up to stop Shaq, and Shaq would still do what he wanted. Teams load up to stop Steph, and yet Steph still does what he wants. Like, if if another player shot that high of a percentage on half the attempts, they would be a very valuable player on that team. Definitely. That's the Kyle Corvaro who kind of shows up on a lot of these these charts. You're right? hitting like, 40% from three, you are, like, you're getting minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, shadow Kyle Corvaro. Like, he was a very good player for a long time because he just he made threes. But Steph Curry runs the offense. Teams are targeting him. 
and they still can't stop him. Yeah, the shots he he's taking aren't like catch and shoot corner threes. It's like they're not open. Dribble shots. around a guy, yeah. dribble around over here. I mean, it, they're really tough shots. He's always creating his own shot too. He probably has some of the best, if not even the best, off ball movement. The dude never stops. He just mm-hmm. wears everyone else down, and he's so he's either creating his own shot from his own dribble, or by running around and cutting off screens, turning around, doing like quick spin around threes, like. The degree of difficulty that he makes on some of these shots, he should not be making forty whatever percent. And that's the whole point. He is he is he is performing difficult difficult offense. It is at a very high efficiency, which is insane. I think one of the best compliments that I've read given to him was basically if he was doing this in a video game, they would patch it. They'd be like <laughs> they'd be like, you know what? Actually, you shouldn't be allowed to do this. Like you shouldn't be allowed to walk across half court, throw up a shot, and have it not be a terrible result. You shouldn't be able to just run around, curl off a screen, be double teamed, and then still have the handles to like pump fake, drive to the rim, do some crazy layup, and get an and one. You just shouldn't be like he would he would have been nerfed in a game. They would have toned him down a little bit and been like, okay, yeah, so actually we're taking this away from him. But it's not. He just he still does it. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a great compliment. He's also the only unanimous MVP in history, which there's instances in the past where players should have been unanimous, and they weren't. Um, according to the Top 10 Peaks video, he was ranked number 7. Because his peak, again, he had some injury history, but his peak was just absolutely bananas. Also, the... The advanced reasoning, the advanced stats, there's a stat called true shooting percentage, which is an advanced stat basically says you're you're a good shooter. <laughs> and the thing about true shooting is the, the, the players who usually perform the best are big men who are, are given limited offense and are close to the rim. Are close to the rim. Yes. So the leader all time in true shooting is DeAndre Jordan because he normally is catching lobs and doing alley-oops. Absolutely. That makes sense. And he's at 64% for this true shooting. Yeah, we're not we're not going to get into it. We're just sure. going to say it is a rough estimator of how good you are um at shooting the ball. But I, I yeah, I do I do want to again really emphasize this is usually a big man's game. I mean, there's big men on this list like Tyson Chandler's number 4, Jonas Valančiūnas is number 10. Um yeah, Char- so, Charles yeah. Barkley is 14. Right. Yep. Players who are known for being close to the rim a lot of the time. But there are exceptions. Uh, your boy, shout out to Carl Anthony Towns, is currently number six. But, I mean, if you know Carl Anthony Towns, that actually makes a lot of sense. He's also a prolific offensive player. Yeah. He's a very prolific offensive player, yep. But he also does play a lot around the basket. Steph Curry is third and should not be. The degree of difficulty on his shots, I mean, just bombing it from so far away from being double teams, catching and shooting off the dribble, going right, going left, tough layups. He's not a super big guy. I mean, even his layups are touchy a lot. Like it takes a lot of finesse to be third all time in true shooting percentage. Doing what he does is absolutely insane. Yes. Like most, most players in the league, if they were in a gym would not shoot his percentages just even without anyone guarding them correct 
and he's doing it game time on TV in front of, you know, fans and everything with NBA defenders. It is just, it's absurd. And he's and, also small, by the way. And that's like, why he's not super small, but he's like 6'2". I thought he was like 6'4". He's not big. He's skinny. 6'4". Six, six it's funny. I'm 6'4". I go to the, you know, I used to. Rip COVID. Used to play pickup basketball, and I was normally the tallest or second tallest. I'd be like the center at, at the Y. 6'4 is short for the NBA. Yes. 6'4 is a point guard. And nowadays, even becoming a shorter point guard. Yeah. Every, everyone's like 6'7 to 6'9 now in the NBA. It's just how it is. So, no, he is shorter than average for sure. But it's just his his absolute peak, his absolute dominance, his ability to shred teams from all over the court boosted him to number 10. I think we should go through and do a quick list of shout-outs. There were a lot of people who we, we love them as players. They're really good, and they just they didn't make the top 10. The... The, the first player I want to shout out that would be probably the most controversial that we left off our top 10, who is in pretty much all top 10s that I see, is Tim Duncan. And Tim Duncan was amazing. Long career, a lot of championships, um, crazy high winning percentage, really good defender, the big fundamental, like really solid. But the reason we put Steph Curry over Tim Duncan, and we had this conversation. We did. Was because... The impact was greater from Steph Curry. He like Tim Duncan didn't really change the game. He played really well, and he played at an elite level for a long yes. time. But Steph Curry changed the way kids look at basketball. It the was, way I, I mean, I remember back in like 2015, 2016, it was like, well, this sucks for youth basketball because now everyone just wants to shoot threes like Steph. And I've heard people complain about that. It's a yeah, thing. Yeah, because they try to do what he does, and you're like. No, don't. Like, there is only Steph. <laughs> but that's a huge impact. So yes, that that is that is a, a lot of why. And again, I mean, Duncan and, was great, but, but how good Steph was offensively or is offensively, it's to, to us, it was too much to ignore to not put him in the top 10. And there are a few other names. So Kevin Garnett comes up a lot when linked with Tim Duncan. Yep. Um, two other players who came up a lot, especially when looking at points and things like that are Kobe and Carl Malone. Um, both excellent players. You know, Carl had a crazy long career. Kobe was a very good defender, had a pretty long career with a little injury at the end. I guess that little with a major injury at the end. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, not quite. Ne neither one of those was quite overall enough to break into the top 10. But again, just to reiterate, there is no slight like Tim Duncan, amazing. Kevin Garnett, amazing. Kobe, amazing. A few other Malone, players, amazing. Yeah, a few other players I want to sh shout out that we have written down to Oscar Robertson, the Big O, definitely close to top ten. Um, innovative, yep, triple the, double, the original triple yeah, double, absolutely. Uh, Elgin Baylor, who does not, he didn't win a championship, but he was the architect of the modern NBA player way back in the day. So shout out to Elgin Baylor, oh, Jerry yeah. West, the logo, the logo. Um, Amazing, amazing player for the Lakers. Another player that is a very controversial player, because a lot of players, other players, fucking lot, hate him. A lot of other players don't like him. But Isaiah Thomas for the Pistons, he was amazing. He Whatever was you think very, about him yeah. as a person, he's kind of an interesting dude. He's a little bit of a snake, but 
incredible player. Uh, and then we also have a guy I think is really, really overlooked anymore. Absolutely Doc, underrated. Uh, Julia Serving, Dr. J. Dr. Super, J. super underrated. Also um, just fantastic nickname. Yes. I didn't even write down Julia Serving. I just wrote down Dr. Dr. J. Dr. J is probably top five all-time nickname. It's it's a great nickname. Um, and then a couple other players that played in the same era together, uh, Dirk Nowitzki and then Steve Nash. Um, and then the other current player that would be close in the top, you know, top. So basically, like, if we're, we're not talking top 20, right? But the other player that we could think of that would be in that conversation, that's the only other active player is Kevin Durant, who is amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Um, I know you have Giannis as your current number one right now overall. Giannis still has much more of a career left in front of him. Could work his way into this conversation at some point. Out of all the active players in the league currently, I think he has, especially since winning the ring this year, and if he can hopefully just fucking play center moving forward. (laughs) And anyway, but he has, I think, the best chance out of any active player who's not on this list to make that list at some point. So that's a little bonus shout out. But those, those were a lot of names that were regrettably on the cutting room floor. And we just, yes. we want to still give props because, and honestly, there are so many good players in the league now. I mean, it's so fun to watch. And there are so many good players. You can just go down so many rabbit holes on YouTube. Like, if, if you think we're wrong about a player, just go watch their highlights. Because all of these players just have amazing, amazing career highlight reels. The other player before we, we end this that I want to shout out that is not on this list is a player that you probably haven't heard of. If you have... <laughs> Okay, but he is an OG. He was a Minneapolis Laker, and he's like the godfather of modern basketball. One, George Mikan. He really is, and there is an argument that George Mikan could be on a top 10 list. You can make an argument for that because the NBA had to change a lot of rules when George Mikan entered the league. Yes. And... You know, you talk about influence on the game and the style and the pace of play and how the game of basketball is played. George Mikan changed all of that. And you can make, I mean, you can make an argument for that. It was just, it was so long ago and it's so tough to write. Right. It was a long, long time ago, but I did want to give him his dues because he was, he no, was an innovator for sure. That's an excellent shout yeah. out. Yep. No, shout out George Mikan for sure. Minneapolis Lakers. <laughs> Which makes a whole hell of a lot more sense than the Los Angeles Lakers. Should be the Los Angeles Fakers. Oh. But anyway, that is our top 10. We did it. We talked about it forever. I'm sure we'll talk about it more off the pod. Probably will, yeah. <laughs> Are we sure we did this right? But as of right now, September of 2021, we feel pretty good about this. Yes. So I'm going to end it this way. And this is different than I've ended. We've ended any of our shows, but look, we also recognize that we don't have very many listeners, which is like not a terrible thing as we do this for fun because we love the NBA. And again, my wife was like really, we used to just adamant. have these conversations yeah. at, at your house. She's adamant. <laughs> she like, you know, like... you guys could just start a fucking podcast and figure it out there. <laughs> and, and so like, she's been spared a lot of this conversation. We still talk about it. And she's like, well, you have your pot anyway. But she's she's a good sport. Shout out to her as well. But shout out. Um, so we don't have a lot of listeners, which like isn't a huge deal. But it would be kind of cool to get a few more because we think we don't do a terrible job at this. We do have 
a Twitter at basketballers, the way it's spelled on the pod. So you can give us a follow there if you want. Um, I'm not super active on it, but our goal is to hopefully promote our show better with this episode. So we did put a lot of thought into this episode because we would like to have a few more listeners. I mean, we might just be fucking insane in our own echo chamber and everybody else is like, yeah, you guys suck. And if that's the case, <laughs> we'll still probably keep doing this because it's fun. We I'm, enjoy doing it. I'm sure it. if anyone out there on Twitter lets us know something, it's going to be that we suck. But isn't that kind of like... The point? Yeah. And like you, you've kind of made it in a way, gotta, at least a little bit, if someone tells you you suck on Twitter or we get ratioed. Um, <laughs> you double down. By the way, fuck ratios on Twitter. That's oh, the yeah. stupidest thing ever. <clears throat> it's so annoying pulling up like a Woj bomb and the first reply is, Ratio! Yeah, like, okay. No. Just. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Maybe, maybe we're grumpy old men for a second. <laughs> so, so we're going to promote this a little bit on Twitter. And, I mean, hopefully it gets a little bit of, I, I don't know, hopefully like a few more people listen to it. So if you listen to this uh, and thank you, you want to, yeah, thank you, first of all, because we really appreciate it. But secondly, if you want to share it with somebody you think they'd be interested, share it out. So thank you. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, And it is September, which means training camp is coming up in like three weeks, which means summer league's over. We're going to have to do some preseason predictions. (laughs) Yeah, baby. I've already got them in my notes on my phone. It never ends. It never ends ever ends so (laughs) we'll do that next episode until next time i'm matt i'm paul thanks for listening to basketballers